This is Josie Brown with Author Provocateur. Today, my guest is Deborah Koontz, renowned for her best-selling Lucky O'Toole, Las Vegas Funny Mysteries. Nothing in this novelist's life is done by half measures. Deborah is a lawyer, a pilot, and a motorcycle enthusiast. Needless to say, not only will you laugh your head off at the antics of her heroine, Lucky O'Toole, you'll also cry after reading her bittersweet California wine country contemporary romance, Crushed. And you'll stay up late with her page-turning thrillers, After Me and Deep Water. Deborah will be joining me at the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome, Deborah. Hey, Josie. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so we're going to talk books today, right? Oh my God, are we ever? I want to know how did you come up with the concept for Lucky? Well, uh, Lucky had the longest gestation of any book baby known to man, I think. (laughs) I started out trying to write fiction, wrote a couple of terrible manuscripts, one that is buried in the backyard of a house I owned three years ago. (laughs) And so hopefully nobody will ever find it. But at the end of those two manuscripts, I thought, well, you know, I'd rewritten them several times. I'd probably written my million words at that point. And I thought, okay, what do I really want to write? And I had just moved to Las Vegas, and I saw the silliness and the magic of Sin City. And I thought, well, I just want to write a fun story that makes people laugh, the kind of stories that I like to read. And so I thought, well, I'll write a story about Las Vegas. And five years before this moment in time, I had come up with the first line of what eventually became Want to Get Lucky. And luckily, I had kept that computer. I no longer used it. But I went back to find that line to figure out, try and figure out what I had been thinking at the time. And I ended up using the line, and it started the story. And Lucky just became representative of the city of Las Vegas, really, to me. Wow. And then in a way to make the city a character in a story, because the city is fun. People go there to misbehave, not ruin their lives, but, you know, to be a little bit naughty (laughs) and, you know, put on a personality that they can't have back home in Duluth or Omaha or Dallas or wherever they live. And so that was the genesis of it. And I just let myself run with it. I took all of the -the over-the-top stuff in Vegas and put it in the book. And then when I'd finished, I was absolutely terrified that I had done way too much and that the story would never sell because nobody would believe it, even though I'd actually toned down the truth. (laughs) Luckily, I was wrong. So it worked out. So um, I know that... She is a, she's in uh, security. She's a fixer for, um, for Vegas casinos. I think that's a real fascinating job in itself, but I presume that being a woman, there's more of a twist to that. Huh? Well, you know, I'm, I'm one of those unusual women in that I grew up during the last gasp of the Donna Reed era And yet I never saw myself as different from any other guy. And I grew up in the South where my opportunities were different uh, from the boys that were my age and did the same sorts of educational, you know, travails that I did. And so I never really thought about Lucky's gender being an issue in her job. 
and which is probably good because I wrote her as a strong, competent hotel executive. And if somebody would come up against her and want to denigrate her for her gender or somehow think less of her or underestimate her, she was very quick to put them in their place, which I, I really enjoy. I think it mirrors real life in, in many aspects, especially in the whole Me Too era. All the stories are coming out, and, and I'm sure you experienced your, your share, and I experienced mine. And, and some of that gets channeled in, into Lucky, and she gets to take care of it in a way that I didn't get to when I was younger. And I like that. I agree. I, uh, I feel that one of the things I think that's so attractive about Lucky to your readers, me being one of them, is the fact that she is such a strong woman. And when you put her in these scenarios where, where, you know, some of us would easily back away, she's right in the fray because she knows how to handle herself. Right. But what was so what I had so much fun with was I didn't want to turn her into a Rambo, (laughs) you know, female Rambo. That's not real. And so she's terrible at handling her personal life. She's constantly confused by the relationships, whether it's her mother, her father, different men, you know, best friends, you know, all the people that cross her path that are important to her. She just never quite never quite figures out how to get a comfort level in handling uh, those relationships, which also, unfortunately, is um, has a ring of um, the writer's truth in in that story. I'm not sure I'm very adept at it in my life as well. It's always confounding. But my aunt had a really uh, interesting observation when she read the manuscript for Want to Get Lucky before it was published. And all she said was, Lucky O'Toole is the woman you always wanted to be. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, you know, I think she's got that right. Well, I hope she's a woman that, in little bits and pieces that everybody can admire and find something to take away and, and that adds to their own enjoyment or, or edification. I would make one change that I already think you are that woman. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, she's taller than I am. She's younger than I am. She's better looking than I am. She has a better job than I do. Um, I, w- I would have said she had a better boyfriend until recently. Now I have a better boyfriend than she does. She drives a better car than I do. But other than that, we're the same. Yeah. <laughs> so how many, uh, you're up to, I think, number nine in the Lucky Books. Right. Number nine just came out last month uh, uh, on my birthday, February 7th. And then I have four novellas uh, in the series that are just sort of between the book fun stories. They don't really advance the major arc of the whole series, but I get to take some secondary characters and um, explode them out a little bit and explain um, a little bit more about who they are than I can in a, in a novel, in one of the novels. Right, right. Well, I have to tell you, I am just as enthralled with your thrillers. I flipped out over Deep Water, as you know, and my God, I found After Me a page turner. After Me is kind of a medical thriller, but it's, it's also a, a really good um, uh, chase book, too, I think. <laughs> That's actually my favorite book, by the way. Ah, well, Explain how you came up with the concept for After Me. Well, when I, when I was young, 
I sort of cut my teeth on Mary Higgins Clark books, which are generally women in peril chase mysteries. And I always liked that idea of somebody, whether they were known or unknown, pursuing the female protagonist. And at some point, the, the protagonist finds her courage and turns the tables and you know, solves the problem, solves her problem. And after me, I've always loved medical science. I've just been fascinated. I should have gone to medical school. That was one of my original plans that didn't quite pan out, among many others. But I've kept, I've kept up with medical science. I really like it. Uh, I also like a little bit of the metaphysical stuff, which is, you know, very soft science or, or whatever. And after me, I got intrigued with a family that I had heard about in Colombia, and I heard about them probably a decade ago. And they have a very strong genetic um, malformation, if you will, in their family line. And it pretty much guarantees that most of the people in the family lineage, even though as they marry and have children, they dilute the genetic problem a bit, but almost all of them will get early onset Alzheimer's. Mm. And, and I mean, full blown by the time they're 50. And so, you know, a decade before showing signs and I thought, wow. And I think I got problems. And so of course they've been the subject of genetic you know, um, testing and all that kind of stuff. And I was just sort of fascinated with that idea. What, what would it be like to have that time bomb ticking away in your head? And then I, I stumbled across sort of a metaphysical construct that actually has some scientific empirical data that lends a little bit of validity to it in that um, there's always been a metaphysical belief that we don't store memories just in our brains, mm. that our memories are stored in our DNA or on our DNA and proteins or somehow somewhere else. Um, we have uh, memories, if you will, not what we ate for breakfast, but, you know, that a saber toothed tiger is dangerous. You know, those kinds of memories, something really impactful um, can change your DNA and the science those two ideas just sort of dovetailed together, but the science hadn't caught up with it when I came up with the idea. And then I started writing it. I wrote it in the third person. It, it was terrible. I wrote it in alternating first person, third person. It was still terrible. And so I just went to writing it all in the first person, which was impossible. I had to put it down for about six months because I couldn't figure out how you tell a story from the point of view of a protagonist with early onset Alzheimer's and how does she tell a story she can't remember. And so then I figured it out. And that's why this is my favorite book because I figured out how she could tell the story and be the hero of her own journey. And lest anybody listening to this thinks this is a really dark story. It's a chase book and it's scary, but it's, but she's involved in a program that helps her situation um, with the Alzheimer's stem cell therapy program. And so it is hopeful. I'm the happy ending girl. And at least there has to be hope at the end of the story. And also, um, if I remember correctly, she is a cop. So she she is a cop. Yeah. So it's in her, it is in her skill set to want to solve this mystery and, 
um, they're chasing her. She's in the witness protection program because she, everybody thinks she has some information about $20 million of diamonds um, that went missing in a, in a bust. And of course she doesn't remember. And so um, it's, it, it's a fun story. It's a really fun story to figure out how it turned out and how she figured out who was chasing her and who the bad guys were and who the good guys are. And because she really didn't have a whole lot of memory to fall back on. And she had to start anew. And then how does she keep track of what she learns in case she might forget it? And, you know, so it was great fun. It was really, really, she's one of my best, best characters by far. And um, you're working on the sequel now, correct? I am. It's called Deadfall. And Kate, uh, who is the protagonist of After Me, comes back. But there's going to be also introduced um, a new uh, protagonist that will carry the next two books. And her name is Thea Janeway. And she's a um, geneticist. And all of the stories are not going to be about Alzheimer's. There's just so much you can do there. But there is so much going on in the fields of biohacking and genetic um, or synthetic biology and genetics and epigenetics and immunology and all of that, that there's so many incredible stories to tell and so many questions and ethical dilemmas that we're going to have to face in the very near future. And that is just great fodder for a fictional story. Oh, yeah. Um, I also feel that your Deadwater novel is one of the most engrossing novels I've ever read because it put you in right in the in the midst of the uh, petrochemical industry and some of the chicanery that can happen there. Um, that was a great plot. <laughs> <laughs> People actually ascribe to this theory that oil and other petrochemicals are a renewable resource. And that they're actually don't derive from the breakdown of organic material under high pressure. And they actually, or they may, but that they actually occur closer to the core of the earth. And, and so with the heat in the core and the pressure in the core of the earth, it can, re, you know, just keep generating uh, petrochemicals. Wow. What if that were true? And it comes out that that were true what would happen? Mm. And, you know, the balance of power, everything in our, in our world would be totally destabilized. And the countries that have their economic power based solely on selling oil, natural gas, whatever, would be, you know, X'd out. <sighs> you know, the, the price of oil and all of that would drop through the floor. And what would happen? A whole lot of people would try to keep that news under wraps. Right. So I, uh, that was really where the story, where I found the thread of a story to tell. Right. I love helicopters. And so I made my female protagonist the um, pilot of a helicopter that, that flies from Ellington Field south of Houston out to the Gulf of Mexico to service the oil rigs, bring supplies back and forth and that then people and that sort of thing. So she gets in the middle of it all. Oh, that's so wonderful. I, I love geopolitical thrillers. So now I, I hope that you're not only bringing um, your latest lucky, but some 
some of the previous Lucky books, as well as After Me and Deep Water to the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend. I will bring, yeah, I will bring all of my standalone books, of which there are three. And then I will bring probably the last Lucky and maybe the first Lucky and a smattering of some in between. You've been to the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend. Uh, what's it like? <laughs> it is it is a huge, super huge party all about books. What is not to like about that? And, <laughs> you know, to get writers in a, in a room with a whole bunch of readers who, who love to, to read their stories. And I mean, writers are readers too. That's how we all got started being writers. And so it is so much fun to just mix it up for a whole weekend and get comfortable and be able to talk with everybody that's there who wants to talk with you and to make all these new friends over this one shared passion uh, um, of stories and storytelling. Want to hear more about the authors who will be attending the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend? Just go to my website, authorprovocateur.com, and click on to the other interviews. You'll also find them on the event's Facebook page. And beneath each interview, feel free to leave a comment about your favorite part of it. Doing so puts you in the running for a bundle of the author's books. Listeners can leave one comment per author to be entered for the drawing. This is Josie Brown of Author Provocateur, signing off.